All right. Even the coffee cup is dancing. It's going to be a good morning. <laughs> got a new move over here. Shoulder oh, action. Wow. Here we go. I was trying to figure out something that would help me with my dancing. So my coffee cup is dancing instead yeah. of me. There we go. It, it just kind of looks like you're on a boat. Like, you know, swaying with the waves. <laughs> there you go. You're moving, though. It's a good day if Nate is moving. So... Oh my goodness gracious. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome to another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. Once again, I'm Lauren Musica, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And it is such a great joy for us to be with you today and each and every Friday as we talk about what's going on in the pro-life world and how we can continue to change hearts and minds as well as work on legislation on this most important issue of our times, the cause of life. That's right. Prayer, news, stories, a special interview, a tip, more prayer. It is all right here, folks. That's what we say. So um, it is a Christmas miracle. Do I get to say that yet? It's not quite Christmas. We're kind of in the holiday season. It's a Christmas miracle that Nate is with us this morning because Nate almost didn't make it back home. <laughs> you want to tell that story? Yeah, pretty wild. So I've had the incredible honor and privilege of being in Redding, California this week. And I was flying a red eye from um, from California back to Orlando, Florida last night. And about, I don't know, about three o'clock Pacific time, realized that my flight from Redding to San Francisco had been delayed. But mm -hmm. it wasn't like mildly delayed. It was delayed like 14 hours <laughs> till today. Yeah which was going to mean that I probably wouldn't get home to Florida till tomorrow on Saturday. So we like pulled an audible. Our team in Reading was so great to help me out with that. We got me a one-way rental car from Enterprise and I drove the three and a half hours from Reading to the San Francisco airport to return the rental car and get to the airport just in time for them to board my flight to, you know, come across the country. So I landed at 7 a.m. Eastern and here we are. It's nine o'clock. We're ready to go. <laughs> I thought about the map, like San Francisco <laughs> down to Orlando, Florida, and you lost, I think you lost three hours in the middle of three the Three hours. Too, yep, right? that's right. Yeah. I mean, what a trip. That is uh, yeah. literally what a trip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a trip. What a trip. And I'm guessing, though, you got to sleep on the plane. I, rumor is you're good at sleeping on airplanes. I can't sleep. So on I did, but like, it's really not comfortable, right? I mean, even though I was able to sleep, it's not very comfortable. So I did wake up multiple times, but I think I probably slept about half of the five hours. So not bad. <laughs> so you're going to crash really hard after the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I thought we would just have a moment before we get started here with a word of prayer. Um, yesterday, something profound happened. Um, my coffee pot died. This is like a rare occurrence. It's like I used it so much and it, it hung in there for a while. But all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm making coffee. And from the bottom, like this, this brown sludge started to come out of <laughs> the coffee pot. And I was like, oh, it's just leaking a little bit. So I take a sip of, you know, what had been in the pot itself. And I was like, oh, I do not know what this coffee pot is doing. <laughs> and then I realized it was time to let go. So, but whatever, was coming, so that, whatever was coming out of that coffee pot, it stained my counter. And so I'm going to have to figure out like how to get it off. But anyways, um, you all know that I love, you know, Coffee Dogs, Texas, Dr. Pepper. Um, it, one of my great loves, I, I lost something yesterday. And uh, 
So anyways, I, I nicely put it in a paper sack and it's in the trash bin now. But I did replace him uh, last night. So I have a new coffee pot and uh, this one's doing okay. So we'll see. You, you needed a video of that. We really needed to see a video of the sludge and then you trying to identify what it was. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I was like, this is not good. Uh, we're going to need to probably let go at this point. I'm trying to make it. Work, but anyways. Okay. All right. Well, with that, how about we start off with a word of prayer? What do you say, Nate? Sounds good. Sounds great. Let's pray. Dillard, thank you so much again for allowing us to be together this morning. Thank you for what you're doing across this great nation um, in the pro-life, pro-love movement. Regardless of what happens in elections and in legislatures and even in courthouses, we know that abortion ends for each young woman when it ends in her heart and in her mind. And God, we just thank you for calling us to be a part of those who help to resource women and to allow them to have that opportunity to change their mind. God, I pray that you would bless those that are on sidewalks across America this morning, that you bless all of those working in the, in the pro-life movement today as they continue to work to make sure that women are fully informed and women know that the obstacles to them continuing their pregnancy can be eliminated. God, I pray that you bless the show, that you continue to bless the efforts of our hands and that you would continue to show us the miracles that you show us each and every day. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. It is time for pro-life, pro-family headlines. So here's the headline of the week. Uh, this is a tough one, but again, uh, we are people of great hope and we hold on to the Lord's promises. And so uh, we're going to kind of wrap this up on a positive note, but we do want to report what happened in the great state of Ohio this week. So in short, unfortunately, and that feels so trite to say that, unfortunately, but Ohio voted on Tuesday to legalize abortion until the point of birth. On Tuesday, Ohio voters approved issue one, which creates a so-called right to take the lives of innocent children in the womb, in the state constitution. And for many of us, you know, Tuesday felt like a gut punch. How could anyone vote for abortion? I mean, abortion period, but especially abortion until the point of birth. Now, here's what we know from people on the ground. Uh, again, we've got so many contacts in Ohio. Peter Range of Ohio Right to Life. One of our friends, uh, Dina Espenscheid from Leadership Institute, was even on the show last week. And she had been on, on the ground in Ohio and Cincinnati for weeks. Um, what they're saying is that most Ohioans had no idea that the proposal allowed abortion until birth and without parental involvement. A lot of people thought that they were just kind of voting for some amorphous right to abortion. So here's one example. And we know of a Christian doctor who voted for issue one because she wanted a mother's life to be preserved where both mother and child are at risk of death, right? A, a very narrow exception, so to speak, in many people's minds. But again, we all know from the science that there's no reason to go in and directly kill a child to preserve the life of the mother. We can always access early delivery in that situation, regardless of fetal age. Of course, the hope is to save both, but we don't go in and directly kill one. Sometimes we need to separate mother and child with the hope to save that baby, right? But again, early delivery, regardless of fetal age, is already allowed. And it's understood in modern medicine and philosophy and theology to not be an abortion. Other lessons that came out of Ohio, 
So three things that stood out to me. Number one, early voting matters. And our side is traditionally bad at it. Who shows up matters. Uh, that's really most of the game right there, right? And so sometimes it is like, for some reason, pulling teeth to get social conservatives out to the polls. <clears throat> Number two, money makes a difference. The pro-abortion side outspent the pro-life side by over $12 million. That's absolutely unbelievable. And the number three, the ballot proposition to legalize marijuana in Ohio, that was also on the ballot, right, hurt us. It just tended to incentivize a different kind of voter to show up. So that's kind of what stood out to me. But I want to read this reflection by one of our dear colleagues, a program advisor, Eric Scheidler of Pro-Life Action League. Um, after I read this email, I... I I had a, another team member that also came to me and said, this is one of the best emails ever. And I said, I know, I, I just put it all over social media, but I literally wrote Eric back. And I said, this is one of the best pro-life emails I have ever read in my life. And he was like, wow, Lauren, thank you. I, I really want to share this email with you guys. This is pretty profound. So he said, dear Lauren, I'll never forget the day that my attorney, pro-life legal champion, Tom Brecca told me this you gotta be able to take a punch. I had just lost a major court decision. And if it stuck, I'd have been on the hook to play, pay Planned Parenthood nearly half a million dollars in legal fees. We ultimately won that case. And I never paid Planned Parenthood a dime. And in the end, that bad ruling actually helped us to win the case on appeal. I've been thinking about Tom's comment today when the entire pro-life movement is reeling from the beating we took yesterday on issue one in Ohio, one of our most pro-life states, oh yeah, one of our most pro-life states has turned pro-abortion, but that's not the end of the story. Pro-lifers in Ohio aren't giving up. They aren't going away. They're not going to forget about the babies threatened with abortion in Ohio, and neither are you and I. Our opponents have made the most of the backlash against the Dobbs decision that overturned Roe v. Wade. They've seized this moment, but this moment won't last forever. And we will survive this if only we can take a punch. Every victory we have ever won, from the 49-year battle to overturn Roe, to a baby saved from abortion by sidewalk counselors this morning, has only come about because we never give up. It may take 50 years to root abortion out of the Constitution of Ohio, where Ohio voters just enshrined it. Or it may take much less time than that once Ohio voters realize how they've been lied to. But either way, we won't give up. Pro-life activists in Ohio will keep going out to abortion facilities to offer women help. They'll keep making the case against abortion to their friends and neighbors. They'll keep up the fight. And not just pro-lifers in Ohio, but all of us everywhere. My dad, Joe, was 45 uh, when Roe v. Wade was decided. He died at 93, nearly 18 months before Roe was overturned. He didn't live, live to see that day. You and I may not live to see yesterday's defeat in Ohio reversed, but we can be completely confident that long after we're gone, faithful pro-lifers will be fighting for that day because we're survivors, because we can take a punch. Mm, it's so profound. So grateful. Yeah. Um, Nate, what are your thoughts on all of this? I can see you're getting emotional and rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, first yeah. of all, I'm super tired. So it makes the emotions a little easier to flow. But um, right. that, that email is just so profound in the way yeah. that he just really lays it out and very clearly reminds us that the the battle is never or or the the war is never won in one battle. It, the, the battles come and go. And it is the test of time that ends up securing true victory. And we right. have the ability to continue to fight. And I think, too, we have to remember, I feel like I just keep saying it everywhere I go, every time I can, abortion only truly ends when it ends in hearts and minds. Mm. And so we we must keep going. We must keep doing what we've been doing. And I, I do pray that Ohio realizes the grave error that they've made, that there would be a way to rectify this situation. I don't know what that looks like right now. But I do hope that there would be a way to rectify it. It is very interesting to me, very concerning to me, that states that regularly vote for pro-life candidates at a statewide level, you know, are seeing, you know, this kind of a ballot initiative win, where a very pro-abortion, abortion till birth, no parental rights notification is able to pass. And, you know, we you talked about the money. Money does matter in elections. Money matters because that's how you get messages out. Marketing is all about money. And yeah. we have to understand that, that is just the, that's just the way the system works. Whether we like it or not, money equals marketing. Marketing ends, equals the messaging, getting to the voters. And that's what ends up propelling people to vote one way or another. And right. so we need to make sure that as, pro, as the pro-life community, we continue to hone in on our message the way that Dina talks about it, where it's really talking about the people that we can touch and feel and protecting them. And we've got to understand that that messaging costs money to get it out to people. So, yeah, no, all of those things that you just said, Nate, you nailed it. And I just, I would go sometimes on social media and look at the chatter around this proposition and I would see so many people saying that they were going to vote yes on issue one simply because they considered themselves to be amorphously pro-choice, that they wanted some sort of abortion rights. And they didn't understand that because of how the language was written. And I actually got into a couple social media debates with a couple of folks, right? They're like, it doesn't say that it, 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 it won't be abortion until the point of birth. It just goes until this point in pregnancy. Right. And I said, I didn't mean to play the attorney card, but I said, I'm an attorney <laughs> and I can tell you looking at the language, it allows abortion until birth. And some people might say, well, just because it allows it doesn't mean it's going to happen. When you've got an abortion industry, a predatory abortion industry that is looking for any way to make money off of a woman's crisis where there is a loophole, they will find it and they will exploit it. And we've seen that in every single state, every single state that allows abortion until this point, the abortion industry swoops in and works to take advantage of it. And so we need to wake up a little bit here <laughs> as Americans and realize sometimes what we're voting for. I think education here is half the battle. Uh, I, I believe that there were a lot of Christians that voted for this because just like this Christian doctor that I was talking about, this is a Christian physician that sometimes doesn't understand um, the nuances of how um, 
doctors handle things like early delivery in an emergency situation and the fact that that has never before in the history of medicine been seen as an abortion, right? Mm -hmm. So anyways, we've got some more work to do in educating people. I truly believe that if people knew what they were voting for, this would not have passed. It goes way too far for a lot of people. And I think with further education, they would have been with us because when you make the case for life and you bring up logic and science and, and you really help people unpack when does life begin? When do the preborn deserve human rights? Um, it defends itself, right? That's they right. say that truth is like a tiger. You let him out of the cage and he defends himself. So we just need to keep doing what we're doing. And of course, we know at the root of all of this is a spiritual battle. We need to be praying for people. We need to pray that people's hearts are open. Um, only God can do that. We can do our part. We need to let God do his. We need to trust that, again, we're going to see victory in some of these states that have bought into the lie, uh, but we're on the right track. And so I'm grateful to everyone in Ohio that worked so hard, so hard on this issue. Keep going. Don't give up. We do believe that we will reap the harvest in time, right? Absolutely. Right. Yep. Well, okay. That's great. All right. Uh, victory story time. And boy, do you have a victory story after your time on the sidewalk in Redding, right, Nate? Yeah, we had just an incredible time in Redding, California. So grateful for our partnership there with Bethel Church and with the Bethel School of Ministry. And um, I got to go out to um, be with them. And yesterday morning, was on the sidewalk of the Planned Parenthood there the day before, had been outside the private abortion facility. And we had such a such great things happen and some advanced training that I was doing there. But I got to tell you, the most amazing thing was that yesterday we got there, we're, we're getting ready, we're talking, we're praying, and we noticed that no clients are coming in the parking lot. And it's very unusual that on a Thursday morning, there would not be a full parking lot at that facility. And we don't know for sure, but the week before, the team had been so successful that they had been able to reach out and talk to almost every single client who came in that day. And I believe it was over 20 in a two hour period. And so all of a sudden there's nobody pulling in the parking lot. And it just seemed like maybe there was a shift from Planned Parenthood because they had seen how effective our team had been the week before. So that's, that's great that they had, you know, no clients came in then, but they probably were rescheduling them for a different time. So then this is what happened. That was so amazing. We had a car pull in and we were able to immediately talk to them. They were actually coming as a walk-in client to get a pregnancy test. Actually, two girls that were coming in need of a pregnancy test. We were able to talk with them. They were very receptive. Our sidewalk advocate did such a great job of just really leading that conversation, leading that interaction. This young lady did go inside. Um, she and her sister went inside. They were told by Planned Parenthood that they couldn't serve them, that they weren't taking appointments till noon and that they were full today and basically just turned them away. They came back out and we were able to re-engage with them, talk to them about the pregnancy center that was just a, a mile or so away. Um, they already knew exactly where that pregnancy center was. They were like, oh yeah, I know exactly that area. We were able to send them right over there so that they get, could get the services that they needed at the pregnancy center. So that was one vehicle with two ladies who needed services. Then we had another lady come in who was also seeking a pregnancy test 
and was on and because we were able to tell her that they weren't taking appointments we were able to redirect her to the pregnancy center there was a young man who pulled up pretty frantic because he needed an std test i was able to talk to him give him a gift he was so receptive it was like he could see the light of of life through my eyes and just throughout interaction as i gave him that gift and it included a gift card to um, a coffee shop which is one of the things that reading does and he was just so moved by that interaction. He rolled down his window extra to give me a handshake and just thank me for being there. And I sent him on his way to a community health center where he could get an STD test that doesn't that wasn't supporting abortion. And then we had another young lady that came in that we were also able to get a gift to, even though she went inside for just a quick minute to pick up something. But guys, guess what? In that two-hour span, we took four of their five potential clients that showed up for walk-ins. We just, we were able to interact with them. We were able to share with them resources and connections in the community. And they took our offer of help and hope over seeking the services of Planned Parenthood. You and I know that Planned Parenthood profits on abortion and really coercing people, pressuring people into having abortion, even if they might've gone into that Planned Parenthood thinking that they just wanted a pregnancy test and that they were going to continue the pregnancy. And so yesterday morning, we were able to take four out of five of their clients that showed up in this walk-in setting and be, and we were able to minister to them and show them the light of life that we are able to give to each and every person who comes to the sidewalk and get several of them over to the pregnancy center. So it was an incredible morning on the sidewalk there at that Planned Parenthood. And it just goes to show you when you put loving, law-abiding, well-trained sidewalk advocates outside of facilities. It works. It works. It works. So thanks, Lauren. So good. I mean, think about that. That was 80% of their morning business. That's right. 80%. Oh. Like, <laughs> I should, probably shouldn't confess this, but when you messaged our team last night, Nate, and told us about 80% of the business turned away at this Plum Parenthood in Reading, uh, I literally had a moment where I was like, four out of five, what percentage is that? Literally pulled out my calculator. I was like, I think it's 80%, right? It's 80%, my basic math. This is why I went to law school. And uh, I was like, yeah, it is 80%. Like, I just kind of sat with that for a second. I was so shocked. As you know, Nate, I called you from the grocery store. I was like, four out of five? Four out of five clients. And it just goes to show that when we're there, miracles happen. And yes, there are days on the sidewalk that we don't see 80% of, you know, right, of that shift business turned away. There's many days on the sidewalk we don't see anything in front of our face. But Abby Johnson, our friend, who's a former Planned Parenthood director, tells us that the last Planned Parenthood conference she went to before she came to our side of the fence, they said that when there's a peaceful, prayerful presence in front of their facilities, the cancellation rate can go as high as 75%. You exceeded that even. I had a moment where I was like, wow, you blew past that. So again, um, we're just so grateful for the team in Reading. Grateful for you being there, Nate. And this is what happens when God's people show up. We just shake things right. up and God starts moving, right? So powerful. Yeah. And you know, before we move on, I think we just have yeah. to say too, that this is in the state of California where the <laughs> laws about abortion could not be more permissive. And so I just want to encourage people out there today, whether it's Ohio where we have this unfortunate ballot, you know, defeat, or it's places like California that are so permissive on abortion, but we can put people on the sidewalk who can still be just as effective, even though the laws are not in our favor. 
So just a, a beautiful story. Yeah. Amen. Great. Well, I've got the tip for this week and kind of going along with the, the spirit of what we're discussing. I wanted to go ahead and have a quick reflection on perseverance because it is so important in this ministry. You know, some of you may be listening to this broadcast, to the podcast, and you're like, wow, 80% of the business turned away in a morning. I've never seen that before, you know, or man, it's been so long since I've seen a victory on the sidewalk or even a victory in my life. Maybe there's some place that you are contending in prayer. Um, you're really being invited to persevere in a really unique way in a particular situation in your life. And so I just want to encourage you this morning that the scriptures tell us that we will reap what we sow, that we will see a harvest if we do not give up. And a beautiful reflection on perseverance, The uh, I have this actually up on the board here in the office. Um, it's... Hebrews 11, just a beautiful reflection about hope, having hope when we can't see in front of our face what God is doing. But we know, we know that our Lord is in the business of transformation. There's nothing, there's nothing that we can put into his hands that he will not transform. And so we can be assured that as we walk out what God is asking us to walk out, that we will see the resurrection, that we will see the victory. And so we can trust that as we do the next right thing, as we um, receive the call that God has put on our lives or put on that moment, that he is moving, even in the unseen. And again, this is such a beautiful test for us in sidewalk advocacy, because there are so many times that we can't see that God is really moving in the heart of that abortion worker that we've been ministering to, that God is really moving in the heart of the woman who's inside the abortion facility, that God is in the process of shutting that abortion facility right in front of our face down for good. And so can we, can we be patient and trust that we are doing the most powerful things possible when we are praying when we are loving people, when we are serving people, and we are answering the call that's in front of us. And I think this is also why our Lord tells us that um, his burden is light. We're not meant to take on the evil of the abortion facility. The Lord already conquered that. We don't have the power to turn that abortion clinic worker around like that, right? <laughs> this is such a beautiful exercise in letting go and trusting that he's moving, that if we do our part, he will do his, and the other person has been invited to respond. And so do we believe, do we believe that God is moving in the unseen, the power of prayer and the power of love? That's just kind of what I would submit to you today. So keep going. Quite often, your next victory is right around the corner if you do not give up. Amen, right? So good. Yeah. Really great. Good. Okay. It is now time for our special interview. We have a returning guest. I'm so excited about her and all that God is doing through her life. She's here to give us an update on the pro-life battle, especially from the Gen Z perspective. She's no less deserving of a drum roll. So producer, do we have a drum roll? There we go. Please. Miller of Simply Pro-Life. There she is. Hi. <laughs> Good morning. How are you, Ho? I'm good. How are you? Good. I feel like we've already been talking about you because hope is already 
come up. The word hope has come up a lot already this this particular <laughs> right. show. And I it think even doing a devotional on hope. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I so know. yeah, how is how's life? How are you doing? Good. I'm great. Ten out of ten can't complain. Um Good. just busy, which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, if people didn't see the previous time that we had you on the show, I'd love for you to take a minute, share a little bit about yourself and the work of Simply Pro-Life, and then we're going to get down to some bigger questions about what's going on in the pro-life world. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, the email you read earlier is my uncle. So Uncle Eric, I guess, (laughs) Eric Scheidler. Uh, So Joe Scheidler is my grandfather. So I grew up in the pro-life movement, just active my whole life. Um, But around like 12 or 13, I started kind of you know, learning about how things work in the real world and just really, you know, digging deeper into um, the pro-life message and what it really meant and everything. And so once I started, I really just did it to learn. Um, Mm. But then once I feel like you learn about something that tragic, you really can't ignore it. Um, So I began doing a lot of personal activism. I spent maybe a year or two really just learning, learning from people around me, talking to my grandparents a lot, um, and just YouTube and reading and all this fun stuff. And then around 14, I kind of went more public with my personal passion for it, not just going because my mom told me I had to. Um, So I just began my own personal, you know, public outreach that way. president of crusaders speaking i've been able to work for abby johnson and lila rose and uh just a bunch of different things i've put on a few events here or there which have been really fun and then in actually i i kind of forget this but uh when when i was working for abby johnson i went to the pro-life women's conference and uh and it was funny because I didn't know who you were at the time, but you got Pro-Life Woman of the Year Award or something like that. Wow. And it was like, her organization has saved 20,000 babies. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing with myself? So I spent the whole ride home, like, mulling over different ideas and things I could do that would be more impactful. And uh, that's when I got the idea. I, I actually was anxious and not at peace. And I know Christ is the Prince of Peace, so I knew something was off. So I went and talked to, well, my now boyfriend about Um, just kind of my anxiety over this. And he told me, well, make it simple. So between you and him, the idea for Simply Pro-Life was born. I started my nonprofit like almost a year later. um, And the goal is to help people do the simple things for the pro-life movement by giving them the means and resources. resources. So kind of being that connector from the people who are pro-life and not yet involved who want to get involved and the organizations who are ready to have them join them. So kind of that middle ground. So yeah, that's where I'm at. That's profound. Uh, It's profoundly simple, but (laughs) like, um, gosh, we could unpack that all day, but um, I'm honored to have been a small point in your journey. I love how, (laughs) yeah, I mean, but my goodness, I, I love what your boyfriend said about like, make it simple. And I think we do tend to overcomplicate things in life. And sometimes the answer is the most simple. It's like, you know, okay, what are the, then, then take that, that anxiousness or that, that, that impetus to move and to do something more and channel it in the most productive and even simple direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the pro-life message is simple. So how we end it 
I think should be fairly simple. Mm, I love it, Hope. It's so, so good. So, you know, you talked about having some events that you've been able to do. And I know that recently you had a, a great event in the Chicagoland area where you had high schoolers and college students really learning about opportunities available to them to be more involved in the pro-life battle. So why would you say that you're optimistic about the future of the pro-life movement after hosting this event and just serving these young and up-and-coming leaders? Um, gosh. Um, well, I suppose the reason I remain optimistic is because we've already won the battle. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I read the last chapter of the book. I know that we win ultimately, um, as the church, as Christians, as, as pro-lifers. I know, I know that we ultimately win right now. This middle point between the victory and right now is all about just saving that one baby. Um, and so, you know, the whole, are we going to see an end to abortion in our lifetime? I have no idea. Um, do I think my generation is going to be the one who does it? I don't know, <laughs> but I do know that ultimately we win and I want to be part of that, um, you know, part of that, uh, victory, part of the warrior on the side of the pro-life movement. And I know that many other people want to be too, because it's on the side of truth and it's on the side of goodness. And I think something that maybe we're missing in, in today's society among my generation is purpose in life. Um, a lot of people do the same thing where they go to school and they go to work and it's kind of repetitive and, and their life really has no meaning um, because we've become a very selfish culture. And so I feel like my generation is really feeling the brunt of that and they want something or someone else to fight for or to serve um, and to think of others. And this is a really great and very in your face opportunity. You know, we have the opportunity every day to fight for these unborn children, to help these mothers, to become great saints. And it really just comes down to, you know, are you going to serve a life that's for yourself or for others? Um, and I really do think that there's a change in the culture that way where people want to serve others. Mm, so good. So profound. Yeah. Um, man, we could talk to you all day, but just because at some point here we have to wrap up, uh, kind of a big question to ask you. So um, your grandparents, Joe and Ann Scheidler, arguably invented sidewalk counseling, the very activity that we do here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life day to day. What did they teach you about ending abortion? And then what is your top advice for ending abortion? Oh, gosh. Um, it's hard because I'm getting kind of to the point where I'm like, it was, it was so long ago. I had my last conversation with my grandpa. So just mm -hmm. trying to remember like bits and pieces. Um, my grandma's obviously very present in my life. Um, I see her all the time. Um, but my grandpa, I feel like maybe it wasn't the words he said, but just the actions he took. Um, and something I consistently remember from him is just, um, this is kind of funny, but his perseverance um, and just how, like, we, you know, in Eric's email, you talked about, you know, he started when he was like 45 or something like that. And he died when he was 93 and he was at work on Thursday and died on Monday. So like he was so present in the pro-life movement and he just kept grinding no matter what challenges they threw at him you know he almost lost his house they had to put his house their house up for collateral and um you know it was it was very hard on the kids and my mom tells me about it and and it was difficult and there were times where they didn't have a ton of money and all of this stuff and he you know, I asked my grandma recently, like, why did you do that? Like, it wouldn't have been just easier to give up. And she said, well, you know, we really believed in the message. And, and so just the perseverance to get through whatever he had to get through to 
I think set the pro-life movement up for success. And I think was a major piece in the overturning of Roe v. Wade and don't think it could have been done without him. Um, so just, I feel like maybe not necessarily, he spoke to me saying, you know, you know, do this, do this, do this, but just the example of the life he led was just perseverance and faith in God and all of that. Um, my grandma, same thing. I mean, even after my grandpa's passed, you know, it was, it kind of started out with her being like, Hey, let's go. And then it really became his passion and she was helping him along the way. Um, but you know, now that he's passed, she's still going to everything, working for the league full time. Mm -hmm. Like she is still extremely active in the pro-life movement. And again, I just see that, you know, continuous um, pattern of perseverance in the both of them. So, yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. So what is your ending thought about uh, how do you think uh, abortion is going to end? Like if you had to take a, a guess, like um, and I, I do hear a theme in what you're saying, so I could probably extract a thought if if I've just stumped you with that pretty profound question. But um, what is your main yeah. takeaway for, that, that you want to share with everyone today? Okay, here's the thing. I know what I want to say, but I need to say it in like a very empathetic way. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think that we aren't going to end abortion until until people stop talking about it at the dinner table and take it to the streets. Um, yeah. th we have, and I've seen it in my life and in my family, I've seen it in my friends, I've seen it in just people around me. They'll have no problem talking about how terrible abortion is and how much they hate Planned Parenthood and how much they think that abortion is evil. But I don't recall the last time we do activism uh, and words are just words. You know, the league's motto is actions speak louder than words. And that is so, so true. So yes, we need perseverance, but perseverance comes once we hit the streets and start doing activism. So until people start doing something, we aren't going to end anything. So I really just encourage people, you know, I think you really need to delve into, if you say you're pro-life, learn exactly why. Um, you know, learn the ins and outs of it. There are so many resources out there. Just learn the ins and outs of it. Um, and then I feel like once you learn how tragic this is, you can't stay silent about it anymore and you have to do something. And what that is, is I, I'm not sure exactly what that is, but that's why I created Simply Poor Life so that you can find what your best form of activism is. Um, and there's there's a very um, wide range of activism and and you know, finding where you fit in is, is so important. That's so good. You're right. We can just stick to our own circle, privately talk about abortion, but until we're willing to take it out and really live the great commission, right? Really live the great commission and, and spreading the gospel of life. What good does it do if we're not willing to stand in sometimes those hard places and speak truth and be a witness Right. Whether we're sidewalk counseling, whether we're availing ourselves of legislative advocacy, educational opportunities or you know what, if nothing else, go wear a pro-life T-shirt in public and you yes. will get conversation. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Simple thing. Absolutely. Doing this. Yeah. And thing. I was just working on my list last night of adding more simple ways to get involved on my website. And it's yeah. it there's there's again, there's so many like making a meal for another mom who just had a baby. Yeah. That's, 
that's pro-life. That's a pro-life message. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, if people want to get a hold of you, Hope, uh, and Simply Pro-Life website, where can they go? Well, they can, yeah, they can definitely go to my website. I kind of try and keep things simple. So it's just simply prolife.org. Um, if you have a hard time remembering it, remember it's pro-life and it's simple. It should come back to your brain, uh, hopefully. Um, and yeah, my email, my phone number, everything is on the bottom of the website. So you can definitely reach out to me that way. I'm still small enough of an activist where I don't care if that information's out there. So there you have it. And, um, and, and then my Instagram is just, um, at underscore Hope Miller. And that is the best way to get a hold of me and keep updated on what we're doing. Uh, the next events coming up, different ways that you can get involved to all of that. Mm, so good. All right. Well, you can't see it, but everybody's giving you a round of applause. including <laughs> us. And so thank you so much for joining us this morning. Really, really profound discussion. And I hope um, I'm believing there's so many nuggets in there for so many different people. Thank you for your witness and just want to encourage you to keep going. So thank uh, you. Thank you. Yep. Have a great <laughs> thank one. You thank for you for having me. Talk great to you soon. To you. Bye. Bye. So good. Great. Yeah. So, so good. Great conversation. Great show. I mean, there's just been so many themes throughout the show. And so I'm going to go ahead and give us a scripture mm -hmm. to add to our other reflections we've already been having. And the scripture I had chosen before we started this morning, I, I think somehow fits into what we've been talking as well. Romans chapter 15, verses 13 says, or verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we've been talking a lot today about perseverance and about hope and just the, the reality that God gives us that power to stay hopeful, to stay in it, to keep fighting, to being a part of the, the battle as we continue to go forward. And I just want to encourage you with the words from Romans chapter 15, verse 13, and, and maybe go ahead and read the entire chapter of Romans 15. But again, it says that may the God of hope fill you with all joy. So asking him, knowing that he has the hope to fill us with joy and with peace as we continue to trust in him so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that overflow of hope means that we then have extra hope to give out to those around us. And isn't that what we do so much on the sidewalk each and every day is just giving hope away, just encouraging people that there is hope, that there is help. And that we would love to talk with them about all the options, all the information they need before making a life-changing decision. So today, again, just reminding you to think on, meditate on, pray on Romans chapter 15, verse 13, that hope may really flood you and that you may overflow with it in the Holy Spirit. And with that, let's go ahead and pray as we close out the show. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this great opportunity to be together again this Friday. God, we're just so grateful for what you're doing. We're grateful for what you're doing in Northern California. We're grateful for what you're doing in Ohio, even when a ballot initiative like the amendment does end up passing when we were so hopeful that it would fail. We're thankful for all the work that's going on across the nation as we continue to reach out to moms and dads and companions who are showing up at abortion facilities, looking for information, looking for hope, looking for help. God, we're so grateful for all the miracles we have seen, even stories that I got this morning before the show that we didn't have time to share today. As we continue to see lives being transformed on sidewalks across America, 
God, I pray that you would bless all of those working in the pregnancy help movement today. You would bless all of our pregnancy help organization partners and all of the great work that they are doing as we refer women to them and as they are able to connect with women and have those deeper conversations of life in the comfort of their facilities. God, I pray that you bless them and protect them today. God, I pray that you would just continue to show us the miracles, the ones that we see and the ones that we don't see. May we know that you are always working, even when we don't see it. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. What an amazing show. A huge Great thank show. you to Hope Miller of Simply Pro-Life. To you, Nate, for taking that red eye so you could be with us this morning. Uh, and to all of you out there who hit the sidewalks, who pray, who avail yourselves of legislative advocacy, educational opportunities, who are part of this great mission to save lives and end abortion. We love and appreciate you. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll be here next week, next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central for another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate. Until then, have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.